State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Everybody, welcome to State Champs Michigan's Extra Point Podcast. This is the District Semifinal Edition here. I am Lauren Plant. We are joined by Scott Bernstein and Matt Mowry. Uh, gentlemen, how you doing? Great weather. And oh, man, I, fantastic. I, I'd like to say that, that the high school football in the 2020 MHSAA playoffs is a football fan's last bastion of help here in Detroit. Absolutely. Because we don't got the Lions. No. We don't got the Wolverines. No. We don't got the Spartans. No. So you better latch on to some of this great high school football that we're having. Yeah, and not only that, we're starting to see some uh, some big boys, some underdogs yep. uh, rise up and take down some teams. You Shout know what I'm saying, Oak Matt? Park. Yes, yes. It's uh, we we were we were unsure how many upsets we would have on the first week of the season uh, playoffs, and we didn't really have very many. But last week there were there were a number. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to get into some of them. State Champs Extra Point is presented by Lawrence Technological University. State Champs and Lawrence Tech have been uh, married at the hip for five years now. Uh, just in terms of us being on campus, we've been covering Lawrence Tech for 10 years. So, you know, I've talked about it enough how great I think this university is. 26 NAIA level sports right now uh, offered at Lawrence Tech. You can see the academics for yourself at ltu.edu. But if you go to ltuathletics.com, click recruit your yourself there is a short questionnaire fill that out a coach in again one of 26 sports will reach out with you with within 48 hours they need 200 new athletes here on campus by next fall so do it we're also presented by hungry howies we are also brought to you in part by the mhsaa we need good officials i'm going to play you a quick commercial for that later in the show if you want to make great money and contribute to Michigan High School Athletics, which we are so thankful that we are playing Michigan High School Athletics, we've gotten through a lot of state finals already in a lot of sports. Uh, so we're excited. We wanted to continue in football, and that's what we're going to talk about. So first off, let me get to the games that we covered on the State Champ Sports Network. So these are games of highlights that you can go and check out right now. And then we'll talk about this group of games and then, of course, others that the guys want to chime in on. Uh, first off, in Division Three, it was River Rouge on the road at Riverview. Riverview was unbeaten going in. It was River Rouge winning 38-20. to In Division One, we had an upset. Romeo at Macomb, Dakota, and it was uh, the Bulldogs getting revenge and winning uh, that game 15-14. to It was a nail-biter. In Division One, Grand Blank at Clarkston. I was at that one filming that one, and uh, it was all Bobcats. It really was. They win 42-35. to wasn't that close. Uh, in Division Three, it was Orchard Lake St. Mary's going to Wisner to take on Brother Rice for the second time. This time, Brother Rice uh, wins in a lot more distinct and clear fashion, 31 Get, to 13. that running game going. Yeah. In Division 4, it was Detroit Country Day on the road, and they beat Notre Dame Prep 21 to 14. In Division 1, it was the Battle of Novi, and it was all Detroit Catholic Central. They are rolling. They won 37 nothing. In Division 4, Papa and Hastings got together. Papa on the road. It was the Red Wolves winning that one 24 to 22. That was a good game. In Division 1, Livonia Stevenson and Canton got together. And uh, Caden Woodall did everything he could to try and propel the Spartans, but it wasn't enough because Canton's run game was explosive. They went 35-28. to 28. In Division Two, it was Caledonia all over Lowell on the road, 55-38. to 38. In Division Six, another road team wins. Nagani went to Ishpeming Westwood, and it wasn't close, 42-14. to 14. In Division Eight. It was Gwyn at Iron Mountain. This was all the home squad. Iron Mountain wins 55-8. to eight. I picked Gwyn, Gwyn in my pick, so my picks this week weren't that great. In Division 6, it was uh, Maple City, Glen Lake, 
falling to Boyne City in overtime, 29 to 28. Those are good highlights. Check them out. And on Divi- in Division Six, it was Manistee traveling to Grayling, all Grayling, 49 to 14 in that game. And we did have one eight-player Division One uh, highlight for you. Pelston went to Inland Lakes, all Inland Lakes, 46 to 18 was the final in that one. So, guys, I'm going to open it up uh, the floor to you. We'll start with you, Matt. What are uh, uh, your big takeaways? Well, I thought that we talked before about kind of the matchups between the Saginaw Valley's Southern Division teams, whether it be Davison or Lapeer or Grand Blanc, always struggling, it seemed, against the MAC Red teams and the OAA Red teams just for years and years. That seemed like every champion they had, it was just the graveyard that, you know, where they went to die was in in probably either the district finals or regionals against the MAC Red or the OAA. Davison kind of gets through that hump last year, and we knew this was a talented Grand Blanc team. I mean, they've got all kinds of weapons, whether it be Ty Brodebeck or or Elijah Anderson, or, you know, it's just down the, down the list of they've, they've got the, the horses to run with in, and now we're going to get obviously a rematch of Davison and Grand Blanc, which should be a great game. But I think the, the bigger takeaway from this week is kind of that maybe, maybe those Saginaw Valley league South teams have kind of gotten over that postseason hump that they could never seem to get past. I'll tell you what, in the Grand Blanc Clarkson game, cause that's the game that I filmed for state champs. Uh, Great game plan. Well-coached game by the Bobcats. They came out new. It was funny because I was hanging out because uh, I'm I'm actually working on a feature story for Rocco Spindler, you know, and his connection with his dad, Mark Spindler, former Lion, and, and he was a, a highly recruited college athlete himself, as Rocco is. And if you saw the Notre Dame-Clemson game on Saturday, he at least he had something to smile yeah. about this weekend. But uh, Spindler was telling me before the game, Clarkson's got to run the ball 40 times. I know that Clark, Ethan Clark, is hurt. I think and, his backup was hurt too, Aiden yeah, Brooks. So yeah. they're down to like their third string running back. And so, and Clark did play, actually coughed up a key fumble at one point in the game. Uh, you know, so he gave it a yeoman's effort, but he said, I don't care. He's like, you've got to run the ball. You've got to control the clock. It's the only way you're going to win this game. They did not do that. Uh, and, um, the way the Bobcats executed their a lot of you know quick hits to the outside. Uh, they they were did well running the ball early. They had a touchdown run early. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I Isaiah or Elijah Jackson, who was the wide receiver Elijah. for for Grand Blank. Isn't it Elijah Jackson Anderson. So I think you were both right. I just called him Jackson yeah. in the highlights, but uh, he was phenomenal. He has a one uh, handed grab that he caught in the end zone right in front of me. Uh, that was really a backbreaker, uh, and this was following the fumble that uh, Clarkson had done after uh, they had got within, I think, ten points. And uh, you know they ran the hook and ladder to end the half. So uh, Grambling blocks partially blocks the punt. You know there's under a minute to go, uh, and they they kind of run the ball, kind of set up the decoy, and then they run with Jackson. They run the hook and ladder and get a, a key touchdown. You know with five seconds left to go in the half. Uh, I credit Grambling. Chai Boderbeck was. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Ty is really having a breakout second half of this yeah. shortened season. He had three touchdown passes in the second half. All were money. Uh, Jackson caught another one in the second half, and he hit another receiver uh, just perfectly in stride. Uh, he is playing unbelievable. Uh, they got waxed by Davison. Make no bones about it, and they know that uh, in week one. Uh, they're looking forward to round two. He said he's looking forward to round two. Davison didn't get to play. They had a forfeit. So are they rusty going in? I don't know. I just, you know, Grand Blank, regardless of what happens, should be really proud of the way they played. Yeah, and, and Brodebeck's a baller. And, you know, those Bobcats are, are, are just, you know, finding their stride. And they said it's been four years. They've really been building this thing. Yeah. You know, you, you forget. Yeah. They just have always know? been, I mean, at least in my time covering high school football in the last 12 years, they've always been that team with a lot of talent. And a lot of potential that just really hasn't yes. haven't put it together in the playoffs to make a long run. Yeah, and uh, there's no question that this team's dialed in. And I think in in, in terms of Jackson and uh, Jackson Anderson uh, or Elijah, um, you know, the scouts are just starting to discover him. He just got yeah. his first couple offers in the last month, and I think he's the type of kid that you know is just going to continue to get traction on, on his recruiting because he's a kid with a big upside, uh, w- with a lot of tools to do damage at both the high school and college level. Well, I'll tell you one other. You know, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. 
Oh, and I was just going to interject. As much as Ty Brodebeck has had a great season, and especially this last half of the season, when last season started, he was part of a three-quarterback rotation, and he was quite honestly the smallest, at least when I saw them. He only played four or five snaps in the first game of the season. And so that, that's been kind of that problem, as, as Scott alluded to. They've had the talent. It's just getting it to mesh and getting the right people in the field at the right time. And I think last year, a lot of that was, you know, they had so many different guys trying to figure out who to go with. And now that they've got that a little more, you know, streamlined, they, are, they really are clicking. I tell you, I was really impressed by Canton yeah. this weekend. You know, obviously we've seen they hadn't lost this season. Discipline uh, football. Lavonia Stevenson had, uh, you know, been bringing it, really really playing well. And again, they had a, a, a gunner in Caden Woodall. And he did not disappoint. 282 yards. Uh, the kid uh, did outstanding. But, you know, you've got to also shout out Zach Badger for the Chiefs. 262 yards rushing. Uh, that offense that they run for the Chiefs. The you know, the, oh, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it was working to, to perfection. And this is what you want to be doing is playing your best football uh, right now. And uh, they certainly are doing that. And, uh, again, I th- I had picked, um, you know, uh, Stevenson to win this game. And it was close. It was obviously a good battle. And it was close. Uh, but I was, uh, I was really impressed uh, with what Cam was able to do. They've got Belleville this weekend. It's not going to get any easier. And uh, Belleville again. Talk about a contrast of styles. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And that, and you know, and again, that's going to be you know upon the Belleville defense, especially if Canton has a, a large chunks of time of possession. Yeah. This this could be another one of these things that we go, oh man, Belleville's out. Well, and that's and that's the thing that I was going to point out. What kind of teams over the last couple of years has Belleville struggled with? It's been the ball control, run the ball down your throat offenses, whether it be Brighton at the beginning of the season the last couple of years or Brighton in the semis last year that that just kind of took the ball and shoved it down the field. I think whoever would have come out of this game probably would have been poised to give Belleville some fits because they're going to have to be patient and stop the run. And that's one of those things. If you remember the first week of the season, Belleville's first score was 29-26. And we all kind of went, oh, yeah, did we did we overrate them? Then it was 57. That was against Stevenson. (laughs) Right. No, but that was against Stevenson in week one. Right. And we didn't know what Stevenson was. was. Right. We didn't know that Stevenson, you know, and we knew that Woodall was a very good player, but we didn't know he was going to take it to this astronomical level that he has. So, yeah, this and this is this is one of those perfect tests. And this is one of those things with Belleville. That's another team that's knocking on the door. That's got to get over that last little hump. This might be that perfect test for them to kind of go, Okay, well, we're going to stop knocking on the door. We're going to blow the door through. And let's give a shout out to uh, this notorious CDR became the all time passing touchdown king in MHSAA history. Yeah, leads it by two now, and he's going to throw a lot more. If Belleville, like you say, Matt, if this really going to is going to be their year, and uh, you know we Uh get the stats from Jermaine real quick, you know on CDR. I mean, he realizes this is this is the culmination of everything that they've been trying to do over the last several years. You know, they're going to have to go through Canton, most likely Cast uh-huh. Tech the week after, yep. most likely West Bloomfield in the state semifinals if that happens. It's a gauntlet. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and then probably when you're looking up top, is it Detroit Catholic Central or Davison? You know, is it one of those two that's in the finals? We can argue that. Uh, but it's going to be earned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this could be that game. You know, Canton just, I mean, again, we've always talked about Canton too as a team like, when are they going to make a run? When are they going to just, this is all going to come together and they're going to find themselves in Ford Field? You know, who knows? So uh, very interesting uh, how, you know, a lot of the road teams, especially this week. Can I shout out my game real quick? Of course you can. So uh, I gave fair warning a couple weeks ago to the Mac Red. I said, just so you guys know, do not be overlooking Stony Creek. Yes. I know that when you, when you hear Stony Creek football, you know, you, you don't start shaking in your boots. You don't start thinking to yourself, oh, we're going to have a war on the gridiron with, with that program that's only been around for about 15 years, has never won a playoff game. But I said when I was looking at the brackets when they came out that Stony Creek was going to have to go through the Mac Red to win a district. And, and I said, you know, Mac Red – You'll check yourself before you wreck yourself because this team is for real. And they showed that uh, in their in their opening 
well, it was the second round, but yeah. it was their first game because yep. they had a bye. Uh, in their victory over Chippewa Valley, you know, defending state champ or not defending, they were state champions in in 2018. And uh, you know, Scott Merchant does such an amazing job. Uh, Baby Schuster's the quarterback at uh, at Chip. You know his brother Ryan Schuster's the quarterback now. Tommy Schuster was a quarterback of that um, that, that just amazing 2018 team. Uh, the Big Reds could have been arguably the best team to ever play in out of Macomb County. And uh, Stoney almost beat him. Right. I mean, he was really close. Last just play, yeah. But uh, and you know, Stony Creek is just so disciplined. They're so focused. They have such cohesion in the, on that roster, um, and, and they just go about their business. They they tell you what they're doing. I mean, they, they, they there's no there's no secrets. Yeah. you can see it on tape exactly what they're going to do. They just do it so well that mm-hmm. it's very difficult to stop. Mm-hmm. Cam Burford has just been a revelation this year. Uh, an, another just a, a, a performance for the ages uh, out of the city of Rochester. Oh, oh, you know, the definition of a workhorse, 46 carries for 246 yards, two touchdowns, the game-winning touchdown with about eight minutes to go in the game. Uh, then the defense gets the ball back – or, sorry, the defense forces uh, Chip uh, on, a, on a three and out, gets the ball back with about seven minutes left, and then just chews up the clock for the next seven minutes, doesn't give the ball back to Chippewa Valley. And Cam Burford, it was fitting – Four straight first downs on that final drive. Uh, he had to carry more of the load because his back, uh, his battery mate in the backfield, Johnny Fogler, uh, went out in the second quarter. It looks like he's going to be done for the season. I think he broke his leg. So it went from like, you know, uh, where Cam was getting, let's say, 25 carries a game and, and Fogler was getting about 15. Uh, so, you know, Cam had to had to put a lot of uh, responsibility on his shoulders, and he didn't shy away from it. He shined, and uh, he, is a, he is a true thoroughbred, you know, was a Bruno Mars special, just 24-carat magic all over that field, dripping with finesse, and just give a lot of credit to Stony Creek uh, to get that dub. And now they're, now they're going to face Romeo, and I'm going to predict they're going to win that game. And, I, and I, I said from the first time or two that I saw Stony Creek, this isn't just kind of a a cute little story out of the OA white where it's like kind of like what we saw with um, all due respect to Rochester who ran the table in the blue, but there was really no, you know, there was no one was mistaking Rochester for a team that could make a state championship run. And I'm telling you this Tony Creek team can make, I'm not saying they're going to win a state championship, but they can make a run and be knocking on that door. Yeah. And Harrison is uh-huh. used to be an OA white team, you know, yeah. who you always would, would, you know, yeah. you, you know, we we'd call it, and Oak Park was in the OA yeah. White when they were coming up, and we were like, you know, OA White sometimes is better than the Red. And you know who's doing really well on the def- everyone talks about the offensive line for Stony Creek, which with without question is the most underrated offensive line in the state. They could be the best offensive line. I mean, maybe not as good as, as some of those uh, teams with you know that are just loaded with blue chippers like Castec yeah. or, or Clarkston, but they they play they play at that same level. Right. And uh, on the defensive line, they got a guy named Kavar Ellis who came over from Clarkston. And Kavar Ellis was a starter on the defensive line for Clarkston last year. I'm not sure what the circumstances were, but he, he's over at Stony Creek right now, and he's been a big difference maker. And he was a real run plugger um, back on Friday against uh, Chip. Um, but, you know, looking forward for Chip, Ryan Schuster, uh, uh, Trey Harris um, – they have they have a couple playmakers going mm-hmm. forward into 2021 that should you know can, they're, they're still going to be dangerous and when you yeah. got Scott Merchant on the sideline yeah that's always an excellent yeah absolutely I think a lot of these teams it just shows the parity in the league we're going to see teams rise one year and fall and but, but they're going to battle each other the, uh, Nick Merlo at at, uh, at Stony Creek he he reminds me a little bit of a younger Bud Rowley in the sense that this guy is so amped up mm. during a game. Uh, he, he's so just fiery yeah. and uh, passionate, yeah. and almost childlike—not in a negative way. I know what you're saying. Like where he's just as jacked up as his 
15 and 16 year old kids. Yeah, are. he's bumping them when they're yeah, coming off the right. field. So like, yeah, that's awesome. He injects them with a lot of energy. And that's and key. Just, you know, he's a Rochester guy. He played at Rochester in the early 2000s and has now just really taken the Stony Creek program to another level. Congratulations uh, to Stony Creek. No question about it. We wouldn't have called it at the beginning of the year, but uh, yeah, no surprise. Now, speaking of the Mac Red, uh, a couple other Division One notes I'll just mention. Uh, you know, I'll credit Southfield A&T. They hung with Sterling yeah, Heights-Stevenson. They were up until the late fourth quarter. Yeah, and Sterling Heights-Stevenson proving this is a program that saying we're going to find ways to win. You know, we were not we're, – last year wasn't a fluke, and uh, we're going to hang in there. They're going to have a big I'm test exci- next week against West Bluefield. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it will be, it will be good. West Bluefield but, matchup. you know, when you find ways to win, like you say, when you're down, and that's what builds character. That's what builds championship teams, whether it's this year – uh, for them or not, this is just another notch in their development and their growth, and and them being a mainstay in the Mac Red and is the, one of and the most of these guys are junior. I mean, yeah. Giovanni's leaving for Ann right. Arbor, but the rest of their playmakers are all juniors. Yeah. They'll be a top five team uh-huh. in the state next year, easy. Yeah, and another team that uh, we would not have called out at the beginning, or at least I wouldn't have. Uh, they had a war out there between Lakeland and Howell. Forty-one yeah. forty was the final, and that one went to overtime. I had picked Howell because I thought they would just control the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and maybe get back to that, uh, you know, kind of, you know, offense and, and uh, just to be a team that would eventually wear out Lakeland. But uh, give credit to the Eagles. They win that one. Again, I, I, don't, I didn't see the particulars on how they won. I just see that it's an overtime battle and that, uh, you know, two programs who uh, are familiar with each other in general. And, uh, and that looks like it was a great game. Coach Woodruff does a great job with those Lakeland Eagles. And he, he's got a lot of experience coaching around the country, not just in Michigan. I think he's a Michigan guy, but went out to, uh, to North Carolina. I believe he coached in Florida uh, and then came back uh, about five, six years ago uh, and has got that Lakeland program uh, on the upswing yeah. for a couple of years. You know, I think Maltese was there in the 2000s, and they were pretty good. I think they made a run in the late 2000s. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. they they dipped. Yeah. And, in, and Woodruff is has brought them back. Tate Farquhar is their quarterback. He's the Michigan State baseball commit. So Yeah, and Matt, they're going to have to keep scoring points because Catholic Central scored a lot of points and, yeah. and denying teams yeah. from scoring points. So it should be an interesting as matchup I, this as, weekend. As, but As much as I are really will give well. props to Lakeland, coming up from playing an LVC schedule yeah. to playing Catholic Central, who frankly, this Catholic, this, this incarnation of Catholic Central in 2020. It, I don't want to say it's maybe the, I don't want to say it's the best team, best, best Catholic Central team I've seen in in 12 years, 13 years. But it's up there, and it's this unlike a, any team we've seen. Yeah. They throw the ball. Yeah, Declan Bile is getting it done. This is a really, really good, balanced, gritty, intelligent playmaking Shamrock squad with the, with the leadership, with the 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 both sides of the ball. Yeah. The balance. Yeah. Kevin so, Glenn has really made a huge I, impact, uh, Matt, on, on the Shamrocks I hope I'm, and I'm, their I, philosophy. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is a close game, but I, I kind of envision uh, Catholic Central winning by, you know, two or three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I was kind of curious to see if Novi would be able to control the clock a little bit in, in last week's game, Spe- specifically coming off the game that, or the, the couple of games they'd had at the end of the regular season against Salem and then against Brighton last week where they ran for over 400 yards, I believe. And it, it, the triple option used to be one of those that you would see every couple of weeks. It's gotten rare enough that I even asked Dan Anderson, when was the last time you faced a triple option team. And he said, ah, it's, it's probably been since he was the defensive coordinator. It's, it had been a while. So it, it actually was one of those that kind of forced them to do a lot of film study and do a lot of walkthrough stuff. And they used uh, Brady Blakich, uh, one of the younger sophomore uh, kind of wingbacks as the, to, to simulate the quarterback in defense um, or against as, as a scout team or against the, the first string defense to give them that look in practice. But you could tell that they had down what they needed to do. I don't think Novi had a – I think 13 yards was maybe the biggest play they had all night long. They were able to methodically move it, but they weren't able – to sustain drives or and they weren't able to bust any big plays and then when the ball flipped back over to 
to CC, you could just tell that 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 passing addition, that the addition of that passing game, as you said, with with Kevin Glenn, has made them so much more versatile. Because you know it's 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 hard to pick your poison on who you're going to try to double cover on that offense. I mean, is it? Cam Davenport? Is it, you know, Sam Durst? Who, who are you going to try to take Owen's, away? Owen Sam defensive. Super underrated. Yeah. He had a big play. He, he, big had, play. he had a bunch of big plays. He, yeah. had, he, had a, he had a long touchdown catch. He had one, I believe, called back. And then he had a 40-some yarder that set up the very first touchdown. They ended up doubling him in the second half. And then Cam Davenport had a 75-yarder. So yeah. it was just one of those where it's 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 hard to – and then if you, if you take away and you just play a soft zone – then they're just going to run the ball. So I mean, it's it's become one of those more, one much more versatile offense than it's ever been before. And with Catholic Central, you got a lot of juniors. Yeah. I mean, Sammy yeah. Dursa is really the only player on offense that's that's leaving. Yeah. Semp's a junior, Davenport's a junior, Biles mm-hmm. a junior. So it should be exciting to see this team. Obviously, through the rest of the playoffs, but you know, with, with another with a year under their belt under the under the Glenn system and bringing all those weapons back next year, that, that should be exciting. We're going to have our state champs, Mr. Football and Anvil Award conversation here coming up in just a bit. Uh, and, but before we do that and before we uh, kind of take our time out for uh, the MHSA to let you know about officials that they need, uh, I do want to say, because this is, this is kind of a segue into what we will be talking about the Anvil, Oak Park won again. I predicted they would beat U of D Jesuit. They did. And they're going to win next week. They're going to beat I, Roosevelt. I agree with that, too. They're going to be district champs, <laughs> which is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Whether they get by, you know, uh, Livonia Churchill and Franklin get to get a get a get together for a war uh, that they're going to have this weekend, and they'll get the winner of that one. Uh, but uh, you got to give credit to Rayshon Benny and crew that uh, the newly minted Michigan State recruit just recruit just just uh, committed this today. afternoon, yep. and uh, he's back. Uh, Mar- uh, Marlon Dawson, who was another player uh, who I believe is a Miami of Ohio commit linebacker. He was out for a big chunk of the season. He's back. Uh, and they're just they're they're finding that sweet spot at the exact right time, uh, you know, r- circling the troops, rallying the horses uh, and, and just, you know, it's like. You know, it's just one of those things where all the stars align and everything just starts clicking. And it was the exact opposite for the first six weeks Mm -hmm. where they couldn't do anything right. Right. And now they're doing everything right. Yep. Uh, Well, it's all about timing. And another one that, uh, again, I was surprised was North Farmington rising up and beating Fenton 44 to 28. Again, another segue into our conversation since Josh Thompson is somebody from Fenton who is on that list. Uh, But that really surprised me, especially almost doubling them up. You want to know? What the 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 X factor for for this Raiders team this year is a balance they didn't have last season. Last season it was all uh, Jacob Osamra, who is a super underrated quarterback, uh, and, and you know the passing game. They get a transfer from the PSL, Detroit Renaissance uh, running back um, Justin Whitehorn. Justin Whitehorn comes over. Got some MAC offers right now. I believe Akron was the first to offer. Uh, he's a he's a little scat back. Um, he's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, about 170 pounds, really slippery, uh, has a burst of, of breakaway speed. And, you know, first game of the season, I think he had three or four touchdowns and over 100 yards. He had 300 yards rushing in the first uh, playoff game. I think he had 150 or close to uh, between 150 and 200 last week. And when, when you mix that up with a quarterback like Bosamra, uh, they got a good uh, receiver, Justin Bryant. Um, that offense is, is really uh, smooth sailing right now for that offense. I think the only question about uh, North Farmington, you know, is if, if the defense can hold up as the playoffs go on. That's it. All right, guys, we're going to take a, a quick timeout. We're going to let you know uh, about the MHSA's recruitment of officials. It's very important. We encourage it. So please just listen to this. The love of the game draws us to sports as players, coaches, spectators, and officials. For officials, it's a way to stay in the game they once played, to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform, stepping out of the playing surface, hustling to make the call, and building the relationships which can only be built in sports. If you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. 
So again, inquire to be an official. Uh, it's an important job. We need more of them, and uh, we certainly want these games to continue. And the other thing that uh, we are now in the throes of is our state champs, Mr. Football, and Anvil Award races presented by Hungry Howies. This is always an interesting time of year. Generally, we will have frozen our top 10 by this point. Uh, usually after round one of the playoffs is when we close it. However... We only had six regular season games, so we wanted to get nine weeks in before we froze our top ten, which means that whether we make a decision this week in pulling somebody or not from either race, we are still going to have next week to be able to solidify our top ten. And I think that's real important for uh, you out there, somebody who follows uh, this these particular races, to understand that because we did have a number of people who have dropped <coughs> off in terms of their team losing – uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be replaced. I mean, like I can tell you right now, DJ Stepney and Caden Woodall are not falling off the, the top 10 for Mr. Football. They earned it. They're going to be there throughout the end. Will they make the final four? The odds are not good. Their 2020 resumes speak for themselves. Absolutely. They don't deserve consideration for being bumped. Absolutely. So, um, but there are others, uh, you know, who, and this weekend especially, as we watch some of the matchups and how some of these guys perform, uh, we're going to have a really good understanding on if, if they should continue or not. So as far as the Anvil Award, we shouted out some guys uh, on our Tim Beckler segment, uh, if you uh, had watched that. And uh, we also have, you know, a number of guys we're getting, you know, emails of people that we need to keep an eye on. So we have guys that we're watching. Uh, again, Benny's chances of getting back in are really, really good right now. And again, we predict that they're going to win again this weekend. So he is going to play himself in it. Now, we don't have huddle footage on Rayshon, which is really unfortunate. And it makes it hard for us to evaluate him unless we have that up top footage. I mean, we can look at games we've covered with him, but it's hard for us to really see. So uh, another kind of call to them, to the Oak Park people, that they need to get us or update Benny's huddle page. You should be updated anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because all we have is 2019 on him. Uh, but there are several guys. You know, again, Buckley uh, lost last week, so his team is out. Uh, now we have both Dellinger and Rocco Spindler's team out of the playoffs. Now, when it comes to the vote, the Rocco Spindler faithful can have full assurances that he's going to be in the Final Four. Uh, that is for sure. It will be interesting on, and again, there's no denying his talent. He wants this award. He's, he's going to give us all his numbers, and his numbers at the end of the year will stack up against guys who play three more games. Uh, there is no question about that. And again, we, do, we did this on, on our uh, video segment of the Amal Award uh, about a week ago where we said, hey, Prescott, line, one Mr. Football, and they didn't even win a playoff game. They lost to Brother Rice in week one. It that was, was the his most resume was so amazing. I guess he played 10 games, so they lost, I think, in the first yeah, round. Yeah, they lost in the first round. He played nine round. games. All right. he, that was the most Pretty amazing sure. yeah. you know, individual performance through a season yeah. that I have seen in On my both time sides covering. of the ball. He was averaging over 200 yards rushing yeah. and like 15 tackles a yeah. game. Yeah, he had 35 touchdowns. It was insane. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so... And again, Rocco's put that kind of resume out there. Now, does Garrett Dellinger stay in? Is another question. Uh, because, again, both teams are out now. Giovanni Ojade is still alive. Damon Payne is still alive. Jamari Budden is still alive. We've got teammates there uh, that are still going. Josh Thompson and Fenton have lost <clears throat> now. Uh, and uh, certainly Coach Beckler especially really loves Thompson and how he has played and how he looks just from a pure player perspective. Caleb Tiernan is still alive. I don't expect Country Day to be out anytime soon either. I expect them to keep rolling. So it's going to be interesting how that handles. Now, let us uh, turn our attention to the Mr. Football Contest, and this is where it gets really interesting. We have a new leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the vote. Yes. If you can believe it, and I'll, I'm going to pull it up now because I want to see. Andrew? I, Andrew Anthony is no longer the vote leader. And if you can believe it, if you can believe it, and I know there's going to be people calling crying foul, just like uh, we news. have in our election. Rocco Melia 
is leading <laughs> Out of nowhere. the online vote with 14,203 votes. He's been in for a week. They love him. They love him. The orange and black. Right? Ty Holtz has moved into second in voting, and he's only been in a couple weeks with 12,114. Andrew Anthony is now in third with 11,906. Now, East Lansing had a bye first weekend of the playoffs. His numbers weren't great going into that. They did win convincingly. I don't have his numbers, Matt. I don't know if you do. Yeah, I do. Yep. He had two two catches for nine yards, but as you said, it was a blowout win, 49 to six over Portage Central. He has 20 catches for 421 yards and two scores on the season. So yeah, they they have the the thing that's limited him has been a lot of blowout wins and a couple of buys. So he's played fewer games. I believe he's only played six uh, total, but yeah, that's that had been the question all along. That uh, would would he stay in if he'd lost that lead uh, in the voting? And we, with with when you start, it, he's an amazing talent. And whichever if he stays with his commitment to Michigan, or if you know, there's been some talk about whether yeah, or not so he rumors that like, Tucker and, Michigan State, yeah, right? And the, and the states, uh, wherever he goes, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to be a sensational talent at the next level but part but a large part of what this award is is in a, as we've talked before is not about what these kids are going to do five years from now it's about right. what they did this year and not even what they did last year some of that factors in too but when you look at his resume from this year now if they keep playing and they start getting in games that are not settled by a 43 point spread and he's much more needed and much more used and much more then he certainly can you know up that resume considerably over the next couple of weeks but yeah that's that's when we've been looking at his numbers in comparison all year long to some of these other ones especially when you've got like guys like christian Dureed who's you know setting mhsaa records and Jay, i wanted to mention jace williams also tied an mhsaa record he had three touchdown catches giving him 45 career touchdown catches tying Ithaca's JT Jones for this career record uh, in the state of Michigan. When you've got guys setting state records or having just astronomical years like Caden Woodall is and like DJ Stepney is and like Brady Rose, it's hard for you to even look at, you know, somebody who has very pedestrian statistics and go, oh yeah, he'll be in there. Because realistically, he's going to lose 30% of the the voting criteria that we have. So it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks because we are having guys that have just had sensational seasons. I'm going to make a prediction, call my shot. He's going to flip to Michigan State. I've been hearing from some of my Michigan State insiders Run the, run the uh, what they do on ninety seven one where they play the uh, the, uh, the the siren. The siren. But um, that there was a meeting in the last week or two uh, amongst the, 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 the scouts and, and Tucker, and that they really have zeroed in on one of their top priorities, if not their top priority for the class of twenty one right now, is to flip uh, Anthony from from his Michigan commitment. All right. Well, this is why I mentioned this weekend is so critical because. East Lansing is taking on Portage Northern. And there is a particular running back for Portage Northern who has been killing it on both sides of the ball. Now, again, you can talk about strength of schedule and that kind of thing, uh, but it doesn't matter. This guy plays on both sides of the ball. He is critical to what Portage Northern – he's beating teams by himself. Uh, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, 245 uh, yards, had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He's, uh, you know, got several tackles in the game, making key plays. He did it again this weekend. Uh, Anthony Tyus is a guy that has, I would say, again, we're going to see this kind of one-on-one competition this weekend. I think he very, very much deserves to be uh, in the race. Uh, so that's, that's one guy. Uh, there are others uh, who are playing themselves for Mr. Football consideration. And so uh, if Graham Blanks beat Dave, beats Davison this weekend, then, yeah, I think it's going to be hard because, again, Sullivan has not, is not putting up spectacular stats because his team has been steamrolling everyone. Right. So, again, he's a victim of circumstance. But that, the you know, like the coronavirus, Mr. Football ca- yeah. doesn't care. Right. You know what I mean? You've got to put up the numbers or you're not going to do it. This is what been part of the uh, issue we've had with Donovan Edwards this year. So 
we shall see this weekend's going to really play out. Uh, you know, if you guys have people you think should be considered a Mr. Football candidate, again, we're going to have next week to decide our final top 10. You can email us, contact us at statechampsnetwork.com. You can reach out to us on uh, social media. Uh, I know that uh, we've been, re- you know, getting emails. Uh, uh, who was the kid from De La Salle that uh, somebody said, probably his mom. Brett said us in it. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you know, he's the, good. I mean, the, I'm just saying, all due respect, I don't think he's Mr. Football. Caliber, but, but that's okay, yeah. you know. But again, they're like, hey, check him out. Yeah. He's been having a great game. Deal South still alive. Yep. Uh, you know, which is something I don't know if we would have said a few weeks nope, back. I would not have. <laughs> yep. So uh, again, don't feel bad about who it is or where they're going to play college or any of that. If you think somebody's got numbers and and they are truly, truly doing, you know, Brady Rose-like things yeah. for their team. One uh, one stat know. I want to um, throw out there from a former Mr. Football candidate, Zach Trainer, who I'm was not on our list anymore, right? No, he's off. But last no. year he was a uh, you know he was on our list till the very end, and then Final this year was four, a, yeah. right, and then this year was on the list until very late. One of the best quarterbacks. Um, in the state the last couple of years. So he ends his high school career. They lost um, to uh, I'm, South I'm Lion. Sorry. They lost to South Lion, but he breaks the Oakland County single game passing record uh, 552 yards. I think he was 32 of 52 passing, or uh, it's sixth best all time in the MHSA record book for single game passing yardage. So it's in some ways it's kind of representative or a microcosm of the 2020 season for trainer. Like his numbers didn't drop off that much, but at the end of the day, there, there wasn't that it factor with his team. They weren't playing that great. And it, it, sometimes it, it affected the perception that you had of, of trainer himself, but he ends on a high note. He's definitely one of the best quarterbacks Oakland County's ever seen. He's going to Eastern Illinois, uh, trying to follow in the footsteps of, of Tony Romo and Jimmy Jimmy G. So, uh, but you know, hats off to him. Great way to you, know, you, you obviously want to win, but to end your your high school career with over 550 yards passing in a single game is pretty impressive. No, another guy. One last guy I want to shout out that also has an East Lansing connection to it, only because they played this year, and that was a former candidate we had that we pulled from the list, and that was Marion Rabowski yeah. of River. Rouge. He looked really good last week. Four touchdowns uh, on the ground himself. He threw a 50 yarder as well. Um, and you know, River Rouge is a team that is now playing as well as anyone. Their one loss was to East Lansing, and it was lopsided. Uh, they've got New Boston Huron, a team that I would think we'd all say seems like it's overachieving here so far. Uh, but seven and one, so they're going to have a good game. They'll take on the winner of of uh, King and East Point, which really should be an interesting game. Yeah. And w- again, another guy, Dante Moore, who came off our list and. Uh, you know, they had lost the big games, but his numbers still look good and his leadership is still there. They're five and three on the year, but they're going to take on undefeated East Point. Uh, that's a six o'clock game at East Point Memorial Park this Friday night. So that's going to be interesting um, unless they move it to Saturday, which is very possible that they could. I haven't heard yet, but uh, that's going to be interesting. So we've got some guys, some guys who have been on the list that have come off and we have chances. We've got guys who really like an Anthony Tyus, who really need to be recognized for what they're doing, uh, what he's done uh, this season. So it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. So that's what's happening in our state champs, Mr. Football and Anvil races. Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to talk about some of the games that we've got coming up and uh, some of the ones that uh, we're looking forward to. Why don't we start with you, Scott, and some, uh, you know, maybe where you'll be this weekend, if you already know. I'm not sure where I'll be. Okay. But uh, what are some of the games that you're looking forward we've, we've to? We've touched on them uh, through the show, but I'll, I'll go back over yeah, them. I mean, I'm really excited for for Catholic Central Lakeland. I'm really excited for uh, West Bloomfield Stevenson, Oak Park Roosevelt, uh, Stony Creek Romeo. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of great games in my coverage area when you're talking about Oakland County. Uh, a lot Ooh, of oh, you know what? I got to say one more thing, and this is not we're not breaking news here, and 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 just because I don't know if it's been reported wide or not. When we're talking about Mr. Football and we're talking about Rock Amelia taking the lead in the online vote, that's a very significant thing because yeah. from what we understand, he has a knee injury. And uh, we don't know if it's ACL or what. We, we, we don't know. Um, but we believe his season is over, which he got in just at the right time. 
and his fans went crazy for him and hooked him up. So he's leading the online vote. As long as he's leading the online vote, just as Rocco Spindler is in the Amble Award, they're going to be in the Final Four. So good on him, good on them. We'll see if his voting continues. Uh, and I really feel bad for the kid. And um, it's really, it's it's uh, he, it's really sad that he has to end a season like that. I mean, he was just playing lights out for them. And I really, really, and Matt, you can talk on that. I really believe that affects their chances moving forward. I do too. I would think so. Yeah, it's it's division three was there. Are, there are a couple of divisions in in the state. Division three and division, I believe, seven. Yeah, where you you just look at all of the contenders and they're just stacked on top of each other. And yeah, division three is going to be one of the roughest roads going forward. It's it's going to be hard. I mean, they're they're facing I think Chelsea this Chelsea, week. Chelsea undefeated and, Chelsea, who we haven't talked a whole lot about this season. No. And Chelsea got a test. They were up twenty-eight to three on South Lion East, and and the Cougars came roaring back. They, I think they swapped touchdowns at the very end. I think yeah. East actually came back and took a lead. Yeah, and then Chelsea ended up taking retaking the lead to win forty-nine forty-four. Yeah, but that's a team that hasn't had enough of those tests probably throughout the season. And they got Groves. But that's now, a right? very very good. Yeah. They got Groves? No. Who has Groves? Who? They have Rice. Who do they have? Chelsea, Chelsea has Rice. Rice, okay. Yeah, so they've got seven Chelsea and one Rice coming right. to them. And Chelsea's a team. They did beat Dexter this season in week one, so that was a good win for yep. them. Uh, Pinkney, win. Pinkney was a team that uh, I had picked to win, uh, and they beat them fairly because Monroe was was another uh, a playoff team. They're all playoff teams. But, uh, you know, again, and they blank Thurston. You know, Thurston's not one – Redford Thurston's not one of those schools that – but, you know, again, athletes and, and to win 40 to nothing is very, very convincing. So uh, I think it's going to be hard from Rice moving out. And uh, this is a really, really great opportunity for Chelsea to uh, maybe steal a win because, uh, although, again, the Rice guys are back. So who does Groves have? Groves, what, is Division Two? Yeah. I will tell you right Hold now because they, they only had a one-point win over Seaholm. Yeah. And, and they've got Warren Mott, 7-1 oh, and one Warren yes. Mott. Okay, okay, okay. You know, which is yes. interesting. I, I picked Mott to win again this week. So, And that was another guy we shouted out in the anvil uh, for, uh, with Tim Beckler is uh, the lineman for Mott. Tyson that, Watson. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's been, it's been playing very, very well. He's highly recruited. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, kind of interesting there in Division Two, uh, really wide open. As far as that whole division, but with is. with Rice, the thing that they have going for them right yeah. now, even though you're going to remove Rocco Milia from the equation, poss- I mean, probably we're not sure, but right, we aren't sure. We want to make that clear. Uh, they've really discovered their rushing attack in the second half of this season, and sophomore Nolan Ray and senior Miko Stewart, who you knew as a basketball star. I believe he played football for the first time last year, didn't get a ton of snaps. Even at the beginning of this season, wasn't getting a ton of snaps, but has really come on and given them a two-headed monster in the backfield. So you still have, uh, you know, lack in area in the running game, or sorry, in the passing game yeah. with, with Jake Coulter. So you, you don't, you know, you, you still have a, a downfield presence. And, you know, he's a magician. Yeah, and yeah. the quarterback has played well. Coulter's ha- had, a, had an amazing season. So, so you know, you, you add the fact that you do have a, a dangerous rushing attack with, with Ray and Mikos right now, you know. It's not and it's not all lost. And they've got a great – if they do get by Chelsea, you know, then they're going to get the winner of the flint Kearsley linden game. So I would give them a great opportunity yeah. to win a district championship. Then you're going to have DeWitt in the regionals most likely, which will be a uh, – I'm sorry. Nope, nope, nope. That's not right. Then you would have River Rouge or King in the regional if that is – so then, it, then you could hit reality at that point. But maybe – Rocco's just hurt a little bit, and maybe he's going to recover and be able to, uh, you know, maybe he misses a couple weeks, uh, but he's back for the uh, state semifinals, uh, or I'm sorry, the re- the regional finals, if that should happen. So um, we shall see. So that's an interesting one. Any games uh, that you're really looking forward to, Matthew, before we go? Yeah, there are a bunch of good. I, this, like we said, this is the week where really the the rubber hits the pavement. I mean, Granville, Rockford on the west side. Yeah, you've got Portage Northern, East Lansing that you mentioned earlier. How about TC Central playing Midland, and then one of the biggest ones in the capital area. Mason at DeWitt, both undefeated. At yeah. DeWitt's resume just continues to get better. Allowed nine points over the last six weeks. I mean, we talk all about Ty Holtz and, and Tommy McIntosh and the, how explosive that offense is. Defense has allowed nine points over the last six weeks. Three to De La Salle, which is still alive in D2. Six to Stevensville Lakeshore. 
which is still alive in D3, started the season with only allowing three to Portland, which would be alive in D5. They've already forfeited this week's game against Grand Rapids Catholic Central, which quite yeah. honestly would have been on this list. Yes. 50 total points allowed. I mean, that's just, it's it's spectacular. And then there's Kingsley, Reed City, two unbeaten teams, Montague, Muskegon, Catholic Central. I mean, Montague is going to end up going through a slate. They had undefeated Claire last week. And PW Ithaca is always one of the best small, school battles whenever they play and then we I think I think PW just forfeited did they okay yeah okay I think then, they just forfeited and so that will not be one of the best yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah this today they did they did so uh yes absolutely so many great ones uh, you know another team I, I, I want to shout out in division five is Frankenmuth they have been trucking yes. everybody this year they just blanked Almont uh 28 nothing they take on Corona next and then probably a uh probably Marine City for the district championship Marine City having a good season but they get out of that uh, I really like their uh, their chances to get all the way to Ford Field if the games are at Ford Field uh, wherever the state finals will be, uh, I really predict that uh, there'll be a team that uh, will probably be taking on Grand Rapids Catholic Central for the, for the state title uh, should that happen. So uh, that's an interesting one. And again, there's some teams that are really, I mean, so many undefeated teams, it's ridiculous uh, yes. where, where we're at right now being, being at this point in the playoffs. But uh, they are everywhere. So um, that's just a little bit, guys. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, too, I, I, another team that, uh, a program. This will be the last thing. Warren, Warren, Michigan Collegiate is this charter thing that uh-huh. they just consistently year after year, regardless of who they play and everything, uh, just pummel people. And they it's, got a guy in the league already. Yeah, right. He already. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, they've only yeah. been around for what? Ten years. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, uh, on the other side is going to be, you know, Millington, Montre- uh, Montrose, Montague, or Muskegon Catholic Central, whoever it's going to be, I think Warren Michigan Collegiate's going to be there this year uh, all the way through. Uh, granted, Buchanan's 8-0, and Constantine actually has had a great season. So, you know, if maybe it's one of those teams. that, But I got to give credit to that program that uh, they're always, you know, in that kind of at the end there of, of whatever division they're in, and it's D6 this time. And they've got Detroit Edison, who had a good win. Um, but man, I see them, um, just consistently becoming such a great program. So got it. Yeah. Got it. All right, guys, we'll enjoy it this weekend. Uh, you know, hopefully we're not going to have a lot of, uh, forfeits from here on out. It's really disgusting when you see that. Cause you want to see these kids get a chance to play. Uh, so be safe out there. Quarantine your kids. All right. And uh, let's make sure that we have these uh, these football games. We had a great weekend. We're looking forward to another great weekend. And it's going to be really, really terrific uh, the rest of the way. You know, we can only hope that we have weather that was half as good as it was this weekend. Uh, next weekend, uh, what we'll find out. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been State Champs Michigan Extra Point. For Scott, for Matt, I'm Lauren. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>